Welcome to The Real Deal with Jen Costa, your podcast for all things spiritual, where I take you along on my journey through life and we talk about mediumship, all things woo, and everything in between. Let's get started. So it has been a week, my friends. Um, The last week has been very difficult, to say the least, and exhausting. And that is why I haven't recorded or released any new podcasts, because I was just taking the time that myself and my partner needed. So the last two weeks, we had two... um, huge devastating losses and I almost want to compare them but I don't think any loss is really comparable a loss is a loss but some seem to feel like they outweigh the others but my partner and I spoke with her about this so she knows I'll be talking about this on the podcast episode so and she was fine with that and we've had discussions about this prior to me recording but she had a miscarriage last week and then the day of her she had to have a dnc procedure um, recommended by the doctors and that same night past midnight maybe like one o'clock in the morning she got a call that her best friend had suddenly and tragically passed away needless to say it has been a really long week So I've been doing a lot of like reflecting and kind of processing on the go here as this happens. And I wanted, I've been thinking about this, but I wanted to talk about like three, three main things today. And one is holding space for people. The second is rethinking life and your priorities. And the third one is I want to tell you about some weird shit that's happened to me because I think it could be helpful for some people. So... I've had an interesting experience this week having to hold space for myself and my partner. Um, I think for both of us, her friend's passing, because it was so sudden and unexpected, seemed to feel like it overshadowed the miscarriage that my partner had. But what I really learned this week was like how to hold space for people during a time of like intense grief and loss, even though myself, I'm feeling it. However, it's different on my end. My partner is the one physically experiencing the miscarriage. And also the connection to her friend was her friend, not me. We don't have the length of relationship that she did. And I found it interesting because I was trying to figure out, I think myself, how do you hold space and like be there? And it's like, you can't you have to just hold someone in their grief and like, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I think it was just being there, letting them be and be sad and cry or because you want to try and fix things or you may want to, but you can't. I thought it was a good teaching moment also to teach my 11 year old daughter of this is how you hold space for people. When people are grieving or if someone's just sad or crying, your job isn't to fix it. It's just to be there for whatever they need and it kind of like played out this week in an interesting way where my daughter had a friend come over and she was upset and crying and we had literally had this discussion the day before 
And I don't think it felt good still on her end because it's very hard for her to see someone upset and crying, especially a friend that she cares about. But she was able to hold it together for herself and just be there um, for her. And as far as like holding space for people, another thing I learned this week was it's freaking exhausting. (laughs) By the end of the week, I felt like I was at like 37% battery level. And it was from just being there for people and also being an empath, right? I feel everything other people are feeling. And even though I did a very good job, like containing my own energy, even at a wake and a funeral, where I was like, I am not going to lose my stuff right now because one, it's not appropriate. And two, it's just, I realized I was feeling everyone else's emotions and it wasn't necessarily mine. And I think that's a, a interesting thing to understand because we may go places or experience things and we think they're ours like when I went to this funeral people were speaking giving a eulogy and remembering this person but I was feeling that emotion but in a moment I could stop myself and like almost like put up my own energy barrier of like this is my energy this is yours oh what I'm actually feeling is empathy for you in your pain right now this isn't necessarily my pain. Not that I didn't feel bad or wasn't sad about what had happened, but was realizing that I was feeling way too much of a lot of people's energy. And imagine someone passing suddenly and tragically in young. This person was only one year younger than I was and feeling all of that energy and trying to keep it almost at bay so you don't lose it because it can become overwhelming. So that was an interesting thing. And by not recording podcasts and not doing anything in that regards, I was able to give myself the space I needed, even though I really wanted to do it and really wanted to push it out. But I realized what's more important that I learned right now is that you have to take care of you first. And like, you can't put stuff out if you're not in a place where you can and you're down and your energy's trash, you know. And my last big takeaway from this of like holding space was like, just be a good person, be kind, because you literally like, there's that quote, you never know what someone else is going through. You really don't like would people ever have known that in the same day we had experienced these two massive losses if we didn't tell them? Probably not because we weren't walking around like bawling our eyes out, but like we were in pain, we were sad. And I remember one day we received an edible arrangement at our house, which if you're not familiar with them, they are almost like a bouquet, but not of flowers. It's of fruit and some of it's chocolate covered and they're just like amazing. And the person delivering it came up and was really nice, um, but you could tell she was in a rush and she was like, oh, I got to go. I'm already behind. And I was just trying to be like, after having this huge loss, like sympathetic and like nice and just being kind and like kind of making a joke to lighten her day but you could feel how like she's like I'm so behind I'm so behind I have all these deliveries to make and I kind of was like listen it doesn't matter that's what I wanted to say but I really wasn't in the place to but like I was just gonna be nice I wasn't in a rush I was rethinking life at that moment but the next thing I've been thinking about all week is rethinking life and my priorities right because why wouldn't you do that after you know, two losses. And 
I've started to think about like what's truly important to me, what matters, what doesn't. And I just wanted to say to you, whoever's listening, because this is what I'm doing. Do the things you want to now. Don't wait. Because we don't know how long we have. And maybe we have long lives. Maybe I live till I'm 90 something like some of my family members. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But that risk right now is not one I want to take. I don't want to wait to take the vacations. I don't want to wait to take the job or wait to take the risk and see what happened. I want to do it now. So we're having conversations now about how do we want our life to actually look? Let's be more intentional about it. Let's see what trips we want to take. Where do we want to do with our money? What jobs are we happy at? Is your job sucking the life out of you? Do you need to leave it? Can you? Yes, you can. You can do anything. I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility, but that's me. Some people take some time to get there. And all the risks in my life that I've taken, I don't ever regret them. But I only sometimes wish I'd done things sooner. So take that for what it is and apply it or not. It's your call. But these losses have made me rethink my life and priorities. And I love to be a spur of the moment person, but sometimes you need to plan some things in life. And I think this is a situation where we're going to do some planning, planning of fun, planning of future, planning of now. And now onto some weird shit that's happened. So I think it's funny in the last podcast I recorded, I talked about feeling like I was in this place and I kept hearing in my mind the in-between, the in-between. And it made me think of Dr. Seuss's The Waiting Place. But I laugh now because I was reading a book last night and the book's called The In-Between. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I literally just realized it, even though I've been reading it for a few days, like it like clicked. And it's about a hospice nurse and her experiences with some patients towards the end of their lives. And it's a phenomenal book, but I just thought that was funny because that came to me probably like three weeks. The in-between came to me three weeks before I had even purchased this book. I'd only purchased it like four days ago. That's one funny thing that happened. But the next two I'm going to talk about, and people might think they're weird. Well, guess what? Mediumship's weird. All of the shit that's happened to me through all of this is weird. Even I sometimes have a hard time processing it, even though I do this like normally, and it's my normal, whatever normal is. So if you find yourself like, that shit's weird, Jen, I don't know. Well, guess what? Me neither. But I'm going to tell you because I think some of the quote unquote weird things that happen to us may not necessarily be so weird if we shared it with each other. So I'll go on on the limb and think what you want, but this is what I'll tell you. So prior to my partner's miscarriage, I was in the very beginning when she was doing IVF, I was kind of joking around one day and was like, let me see if I feel anything. And this was like, you know, maybe a few days after she had an embryo transfer. And it was more a matter of is it going to take or not. So like five days after that, 
I was like, let me fool around. Ha ha. It's kind of like psychometry, right? I'll put my hand on your stomach and see if I feel anything. And I see clairvoyantly a lot. So that means like visually and not with my eyeballs, but like in my mind. So if I say picture a red fire hydrant in your mind, that's how I see it. And what I saw when I held my hand on her stomach was I was like underwater in the ocean and I was looking up underneath the water. And what I saw was just like a, a glimmer, like a, like a small piece of glitter almost. And it was like coming down into the ocean. And to me, it, cause also there's like the knowing part of it. I knew that that's what that meant. Like this was working up to this point. And so I was like, oh, wow, that was weird, right? So I didn't really say anything to her because I was like, I don't know what that was, but well, it's kind of cool, but I'm going to keep this to myself because I've never really done this before. I've only done readings for other people. I don't like, I don't go trying to read like other people's bellies and stuff. You know what I mean? And so another time I was like, all right, now a few weeks later we're in and I'm like, let me try it again. What do I have now? And how I'm not telling her anything yet. Because I don't want to get her hopes up because I know it's still super early and this doesn't have a high percentage of like working and I just don't want to upset her or give her false hope or anything like that. But I did end up telling her after. And the second time I felt her stomach, I was like, let me see. I immediately saw a person as like when I do mediumship readings, it came through as like a someone who had crossed over. Not saying this person had crossed over, what I mean is visually. So I saw a person like I normally do, and I was like, huh, that's weird. But this guy was like in his 20s. He felt older. He wasn't a baby. It wasn't an infant. It was like a 20-year-old man. I saw him visually, what he looked like. Like I literally could do like a reading on him, and I was surprised. And I was like, this is interesting. And he seemed really happy, and I could feel him. Like he was very light, his energy. He was kind. He was happy. So it was a really interesting experience for me. So fast forward now to um, our six-week, I think, ultrasound. And now we're still at the specialists. We haven't gone to like a regular OB or anything at this point. And it's funny because I'm thinking, oh, my God, if her family listens to this, they're going to think I'm a lunatic. <laughs> That's what I just paused for. <laughs> oh, But what are you going to do, right? got to be yourself. Um, so the six weeks, so we go to the ultrasound and I'm like, okay, so I'm sitting there and they do it. And all of a sudden I get this person, this soul again, that I had already met this boy who's in his twenties or whatever pop in. And I'm like, what the heck? Now I have a very hard, uh, note with spirit or whatever you would like to call them. Um, people who visit, I have a very hard leave me alone unless I'm calling you and I'm like open. So I don't get visited in the grocery store. I don't get visited at my house unless I want to. And my intention is to be super open for that. So when I'm cooking, I don't get anything, nothing. So I'm sitting there and then I'm like, oh my God, he just like popped in. What the heck? And I didn't say anything because I didn't expect it. And I'm with my partner and like the woman doing the ultrasound. And I'm like, Oh my God. 
And he's just excited. He felt excited. He felt giddy. He felt like happy and just kind of like, hi, like, and I was like, what the hell? And then at the end, he was gone. So I'm like, oh my God, now I'm definitely not going to tell her, right? Because this is like, this is like visitation after visitation and I'm not asking for it. I definitely wasn't asking for it. Now fast forward to my partner having the miscarriage. We went for an ultrasound and all of a sudden found out through the ultrasound that there wasn't a heartbeat. Well, we were both shocked um, and it was unexpected. And I was like, oh, but prior to that, I thought maybe he'll show up again. Well, I didn't feel anything. And now I knew why. And we kind of left and went home and were shocked and she was upset and neither of us expected it. So they made an appointment for us the next day for her to have a procedure um, because of how far along she was and just to make sure everything was cleared out. So the next day we go back to the hospital and she goes up to have the procedure and I'm in the waiting room. Now it takes like a long time for them to take you up and then all the waiting. And so a few hours in, I'm sitting there and I can't really focus on anything because I'm more like concerned about her even though I know she'll be fine, but all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I felt him pop in again. And he's always to my left for some reason now that I'm thinking about it, but he popped in and he's sitting there. Like it felt like he was like next to me in the seat. And I was like, what the hell? This is like some shit. Now I've never experienced this in my life. I've experienced some weird things, but this is like definitely adding to the list of strange shit Jen's experienced. And He's sitting there and I can feel him not worried, but concerned about her. And I wasn't worried by what I felt from him. It was more of he was going to stay with me until she was out. And as soon as she was out, boom, he was gone again. And now he stayed for a while and we didn't converse. I didn't like try and talk or ask any questions. I just let it be. Afterwards, I was kind of like, whoa, this is wild. So I didn't say anything. And then that night, we end up getting the call about her friend who had passed. And a few days after we got the call about her friend, I was dreaming one night and ended up seeing her friend in a dream. And I woke up gasping for air. That was unique for me because the only other time that I have woken up like that was when I felt an angel. And the angel was in my dream. I knew he was an angel. And I woke up gasping the same way. And I actually saw the angel like in a shadow on the wall in my room and then went away. Why this happened both ways, both times, I don't know. When I saw her friend, she was sitting in a chair. It looked like almost in the waiting room, like where we were at. And she was just staring at me. There was nothing said. But I woke up the same way, gasping. My heart was pounding. Same thing when I saw the angel. And that's the only time in my life that I've woken up that way by those two incidences. What it means, I don't know. Do I think it was a visitation from them both? Those, those two separate times? I do. I do not think it was a dream. I've had dreams. I've had scary dreams. I've had dreams where I've woken up but never that felt like that way to me. The reason I think I talk about this is because I guess part of me wants to normalize it 
Part of me doesn't know what the heck it was. But part of me knows there's probably more to that that I don't understand. And I think people have these experiences more commonly than they talk about. Or experiences that we can't explain. And I think it's totally fine to not talk about them if you don't want to. But if you have them or you've had different experiences, not even along these lines, like I think it's totally normal. But I think our society and our culture, you know, tells us things are strange. They're hard to digest. You can't prove it with science. Like I'm not here to prove anything with science. This is not the realm that I live in. It's not the world I live in. I know you can't prove some of this with the science that we have. Maybe one day they'll have science that they can prove it, but I don't need to look for proof. I just know what I experience, and that's all that I talk of. I will not come across and say, I heard so-and-so say this. I mean, maybe I will, but I'll tell you I heard it. But I only talk from my own experience. And since my partner's friend has passed, I have felt her around because my partner has asked me. She's she knows she's we're very open about my mediumship. She knows everything from the beginning. And she's like, "Have you seen her?" And I was like, "Yes." It wasn't like anything major that I felt like I needed to bring up and tell her, but I was like, "If she asked, I will tell her." And she's I said, "Yes, I have." And when she shows up, it's more of a communication of let my partner know that I love her, let her know I'm here. Nothing like these huge, crazy messages. Just, I'm here. Take care of her. Tell her I love her. So again, the reason I talk about this is to try and help normalize it for people because they do think it's more normal than not. I think if this was hundreds of years ago, maybe I'd be a witch and they'd be coming after me. But that's not the world I'm in now. And I think the average person who's not connected or not in touch, maybe spiritually or in some kind of way, can find this stuff hard to digest and can be like, wow, you're crazy, you're a wacko, you're whatever. And maybe you're one of my crazies and one of my wacko people. Um, But I'm here to tell you, I don't think that it's that crazy. Now, I know there are some people who are scared by this stuff also. I don't think there's anything to fear from it. I personally have had no fear from it. Even though I woke up gasping, it was more of a startle reflex. But I think our society, Hollywood, TV, movies, they've all told us what to think about this. And doing this for the last six years, I have felt nothing but love and connection and healing from this. So until I feel otherwise... I'm going to continue doing it. If I feel otherwise, don't worry, I'll let you know. (laughs) Anything that goes down, I'm going to pass it on. So as you go forward this week, just think about what is truly important in life. Not what society has told us is important. Not the house, not the picket fence, not the cars, not the money. Your people, your family, your loved ones, your chosen family. Not even biological family. I'm just talking about what makes you happy. Take care of you. Tell your people you love them. Don't wait. And don't put off things that you can do now. Even if it's like, you know, I can go for that walk tomorrow. Go for it today. Maybe you're going to see something different that you wouldn't see if you went tomorrow. Maybe you'll bump into someone and have an experience that you wouldn't have if you waited. 
So do the things, do all damn things, people, because we don't know how much time we have. Maybe we have another 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Maybe we have 60 minutes. We really don't know. And you can't live your life from a place of fear also of, oh my gosh, I have to do this now because I'm going to die. That's the one certain thing in life, right? We're all going to go. If you think of it like that, maybe that helps you take the risks of, well, um, one day I'm going to not be here. And does it really matter if I make a fool of myself doing this or if I try this and fail? Is it that big of a deal? I know for myself, it's made me want to put myself out there more. It's made me say I love you more to people, connect with friends when I've been like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, and made myself reach out and respond. So do what feels right to you, but know that we are not here forever. We have a finite time on this earth, and that's okay, and that's not something to fear, and it's something to enjoy, and go see the world, and go do the things and go play the games, and go have the fun, and we'll see where this goes next. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a review or rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to share with friends. And if you're interested in getting a reading from me, you can book directly on jencostamedium.com. Have an awesome day, and thanks for taking the time to listen.